Hello again and welcome. In this podcast, we discuss Out of the Bottle, the memoir of Londoner Graham Webb, an entrepreneur who overcame the challenges of spina bifida to become a hair industry icon. Join in our chat with Graham and listen as he reads from the book. This is episode five. Graham, I get the impression from the book that you quite enjoy sales. Salesmanship seems absolutely natural to you. Yes, I've just found these hilarious cufflinks, one of which says, trust me, and the other cufflink says, I'm in sales. So the message is, trust me, I'm in sales. And I think they're very funny, but it makes me think of an important point. I think I can sell anything, but I do need to believe in the product or service that I'm selling. And the big difference is those con artists who don't truly believe what they're selling or it's not in their heart and they're still trying to sell it to you. But I, I, you know, if I believe in it, I can sell it. And ideally the salesman is offering a really compelling and beneficial product. The key of the door is if you can take the money off of somebody for a product or service, and they go away with a smile on their face that they're glad to have bought it. I mean, what a great partnership that is. And the customer's normally got a smile on their face too. So the transaction is really mutually beneficial. I guess there's a certain chemistry between a salesman and a, and a customer as well, right? If you're a salesman, you're usually the easiest person in the world to sell to. If I meet somebody who's got it, who's a really good salesman, and they've got something that attracts me, I will nearly always buy it. And I'm told that it's a different thing with an, um, a sort of an accountant or an actuary. Somebody comes in with a smile on their face with a briefcase with some sales things in it. Those kind of personalities, allegedly, um, are the hardest to sell to. Hear an excerpt from the book about your early sales experience. My foray into the sales world when I was barely out of my teens had a big effect, not only on my self esteem, but on my view of the world as well. When you worked as a travelling salesperson, nobody came to you. You went to them. Nobody walked in your door. You walked in theirs. They didn't want anything, not until you persuaded them that they did. I had my first taste of that world when, at the age of 20, I turned down the offer to return to the men's salon on a P&O cruise ship and instead drove around England with a car full of rice pudding. My official title was Merchandising Negotiator. That's a fancy way of saying that I would turn up unannounced at a supermarket, walk in with a dump bin full of ambrosia rice pudding, and try to convince an often reluctant store manager to take cases of my product in his or her store. And then if that person was amenable to carrying my products, 
I try to get an advantage on my competitors by lobbying for the best shelf space position or getting approval for a dump bin display at the end of an aisle. I love the freedom of the job. I wasn't tied to a chair in a barber shop and every day was as adventurous as I wanted to make it. I was also experiencing the fun of playing in a band for the first time. The company Bean Counters at Bovril Group Marketing, the company that Ambrosi was part of, began to notice with dismay that I was accumulating much more personal mileage on my company car from driving to music gigs than I was from business travel. But I was such a good salesman that Cyril Britton, the sales manager, didn't worry about such things. I always felt, too, that Cyril's son Bruce, a fellow salesman with the company and a good buddy of mine, probably said a few nice things about me to his dad over the breakfast table. Anyway, I'm sure I was selling too much to be reminded about personal mileage on the company car. And I hadn't been working there long before I actually became the company's top rice pudding salesman. I wish I'd subsequently had a need for a CV because I would have loved to have seen that on there. Rice pudding salesman. We're test marketing a new product and we'd like you to be involved, my boss told me one day. I was really flattered to be chosen. The product was called Ambrosia Top Shake. It was a kind of sugary powder that you stirred into milk, giving it a flavour of raspberry or strawberry or whatever. Nestle had already come out with a similar product called Nesquik, which was already in the supermarkets and doing quite well. So by the time I showed up in stores with my Ambrosia Top Shake, I had a lot of store managers wondering aloud whether they really needed to take up more of their precious shelf space to sell yet another milk powder. There I was with my little brochure and a car full of products that nobody really wanted. It was a tough sell and it forced me to break open the cases. And instead of being able to sell the product in units of cases, I had to just be content with them taking a couple of individual pots of Top Shake. It was a frustrating trip, but also a fateful one. Before retiring to my hotel room in Walsall, I ended my day, as many travelling salesmen do, by having a drink at the bar. And that's where I spotted another salesman doing the same, equally drained after a hard day on the road. He didn't tell me he was a salesman, but by then I could spot another one from a mile off. I struck up a conversation just to pass the time. So who are you with, I asked him. Well, our hair cosmetics, he said. Really, I replied. I used to be a hairdresser and did some training in the Weller Colour School in London. Now we had something to talk about. I told him about my training as a hairdresser and also about my job as the top Ambrosia rice pudding salesman. 
and he told me about his line of work. His surname was Alif, and he was the regional sales manager for Weller in the south of England and the Channel Islands. Somebody with your experience, he said, should be selling for us. You'd be good at it. You already know the business. Instead of going in and out of supermarkets all day, I could be making sales calls on hair salons, selling shampoos and other hair care products, he said. And I'd have the credibility of being a former hairdresser. Are you interested, he asked me. Maybe, I said. And so I left him my name and number, and a few weeks later I received a call and soon found myself sitting across the desk from the marketing director of Weller, a big, stern-looking German with a crew cut. His name was Mr. Growlick. He seemed a toughie, and I couldn't tell if he even liked me. But he offered me the job, and I took it. Little did I know that this was just the first time I would be absorbed into the Weller organisation. The next time would be more than 30 years later, when there would be a lot more zeros on the cheque from Weller than when I was just a salesman. That's when we sold them my company. But I'm getting ahead of myself. For more information about purchasing out of the bottle, visit gramweb.co.uk. Profits from the sale of Out of the Bottle go to benefit a variety of charities, including those seeking to find a cure for spina bifida.